nine gigs at the moment. We're recording now, by the way. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't done. Um, what, well, in this lockdown, I haven't really done any at all. Okay. Um, in the first lockdown, like towards the start of like, towards the start of last year, end of last year, mm-hmm. I did quite a lot, um, and I quite enjoyed it. I mean, they weren't obviously it wasn't for everyone, um, and it wasn't the same as being on stage at all. But mm. it was good just to kind of I don't know, just to say stuff sort of not to the <laughs> mirror, and just to kind of have the chance to practice a bit to practice properly. Mm. And so it's useful for that reason, but obviously they're very imperfect. But I understand why people didn't want to do them. Yeah. Um, How about I'm, you? I know. I think you did a couple, didn't you? I've not done any online gigs. Uh, at right, all. right. I am. I'm kind of in the mindset of like, it, if it's not in front of an actual audience, then I'm not going to get the what I actually want out. Of, not going to yeah, get what I want out of it. I completely understand that. I mean, for me, I didn't get what I wanted out of it in some ways, but it helped just to kind of say it to people and you learn mm. what wording does and doesn't work just from sort of talking things out loud mm. it, it must be really frustrating for you though because like you um you got signed yeah during... i yeah i i did yeah i signed with asia for the first time during lockdown it mm. was frustrating in some ways because there's lots i want to do and i can't get out mm. and do stuff yeah but it's i don't know it's it's nice to know that when i do when we can again um there'll be sort of someone behind me a bit more yeah um, so it'll be kind of it'll make things a bit easier rather than kind of having to i mean everybody will be searching around for gigs and for what's mm. there because there won't be very much mm. but it'll be yeah it'll help that it's a bit easier in some ways how did you go about getting signed i got to the final of a couple of comedy a couple of new app competitions just before lockdown sort of late 2019 mm. um there was agents at the two north down new act final um i spoke with a couple of them after but nothing ended up happening because of lockdown mm. um basically my friend sammy hannah said that she signed with agent and i know sammy and she's a mm. sensible person and she wouldn't sign with anywhere that was kind of exploitative or sort of mm. one of those kind of dummy agents you hear about and i just got in touch with them and said look you're obviously mm. building a roster up and i've been i've talked to other people a bit here's what i've done do you want to meet up and mm. we had a few zoom calls and felt it was the right fit and that was mm. it really but yeah i mean it's i think it's more i was able to i hate this really but i was able to pitch kind of what um i was able to pitch kind of what i was doing sort of above and beyond just stand up like i was able to mm. say um I'm a decent stand-up, but also I can... Um, I'm autistic and gay, if anyone's watching that, listen, that hasn't heard my stuff before. And saying, like, I'm able to sort of... I want, I'd like to sort of work with young people and sort of mm. move into that sector. Um, not motivational speaker, but do sort of funny talks on sort of learning difficulties and stuff like that. There's an LGBT circuit that I haven't cracked. Mm. And I can have multiple strands beyond just doing the club circuit and obviously i'd like to break into that as well and mm. i think that helped because there's more places they can push me towards and more for them to do that mm. isn't kind of just oh someone's a good stand-up like a lot of other people are and so yeah. that was definitely a beneficial thing like i remember listening to simon kane once doing an interview where he said he'd talked with an agent this was before he did his podcast or anything else and they'd said what else do you do and he started nothing i'm just funny and they were saying, "Well, that's not what, <laughs> like, that's not what we we want." A lot, of, a hell of a lot of people are just funny. Mm. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You need to have a USP, don't you? 
right. other strands I think helps if not yeah. USP but like several strands and then you know if you break your leg or like something happens you can do and you can't be on stage you can you've got other things that you can do and get on with that's beneficial to both mm. of you and I suppose this is a this is not intended in a rude way at all, but because you've yeah. got the other isms, you're essentially more. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have actually. It, <laughs> it makes it a bit kind of. Um, it's not an advantage at all, but it no. makes it makes it. There's more awareness of minority voices in comedy yeah. now, and people want to promote that, and rightly so. Mm. And also, in some ways, it does give you a niche. Let's say other people might not have but yeah. the other thing is it's not right for everybody like there's a yeah. lot of really there's people like there's really really good comics who started around the same sort of time we did and just do the clubs and have broken into that mm. and have no other no interest in having representation because why would you want to give 10 percent of your income to somebody if you're doing fine on your own anyway i um, think i think potentially well from what i've heard about other people who have gone on their own they had representation yeah. before but yeah. they did enough on their own to be able to break away and became enough on the, enough of a name by themselves. Like for example, yeah, yeah, like yeah. for example, Rob Mulholland, he's done like his, yeah, yeah. Rob's was, did load star for a lot of this stuff because he does so yeah. much off his own back and effectively mm. sort of is at the point where he's running his own in-house production company now. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's obviously that's the that's the dream. But yeah, I was, he's he was with. A fairly major agency at one point, and it's helped mm. him probably develop certain habits and get there to an extent. Yeah, and I think that is from someone that isn't actually sort of speaking of someone that isn't actually signed yet. That's yeah. probably the best way to do things. Like, yeah, I agree with that because you can't just rely on someone else to make you you. You've got to be able to stand on your own two feet because you never know what's going to happen with with whoever you're with. Yeah, yeah. What was I going to say? Um, this has just been a really, really weird time for comedy, hasn't it? Um, it has, it's... yeah, it, it has. It's been like profoundly weird, and it's mm. been really odd to see. Um, well, it's been really nice to see a lot of people just making stuff off their back and putting things mm. online, and doing things. But what I thought at first, what I liked was that it felt like everybody was back to square one, and there was no mm. kind of, oh, he's doing that, she's doing that. Mm. But those things develop as well like those same kind of narratives of jealousy or fomo yeah like develop even just when you're seeing people like fucking putting reels on instagram yeah um, and it's so bizarre because like the reason i just carried on at first was because i didn't have that anymore mm. um, and it's so bizarre how you can get to the point where you're like oh he's getting a thousand views more than me and you just go well what am i like this is such an insane time to be thinking like this yeah. i think it's part of the territory yeah um it's real essentially trying to do we're all, we're all trying to we're all trying to do the same thing essentially and there is at this i mean i do get why people do get jealous of other people when their numbers may be a bit higher than other people's but that is such a reductive way to look at things um i think anyway yeah because yeah. what a lot of people would, i think what a lot of people will do is they'll look at they'll look at the numbers that someone's getting and instead of asking that person hey do you want to collaborate or something like that they're just doing their own they're just doing their own nonsense and i think that's a real issue on especially the open mic circuit anyway in london hmm. yeah i think that's definitely true um i hope that when i hope that when gigs come back in any form it will feel like a hmm. bit 
a bit more of a level playing field because, I mean, nobody's worked in ages. And also, I think the pandemic has helped a lot of people realise sort of what's more important. Mm. Um, and I think that will be brought to bear at least the first few months when we're back. I think everyone will be so delighted to be back. Yeah. But a lot of that stuff will fall away because um, mm. what's the point? So that'll be one positive that comes from it, if any. Yeah, same here, man. Like, it's it's really just made me, like, I've never, like, in the last couple of years since I started Statistics yeah. as well, comedy, there hasn't been a point in time where I've actually stopped, if that makes sense. And this is really, yeah, yeah. well, for you, probably even, well, even longer, definitely, because you've been doing it for about five, six years. I started, yeah, I started in um, 2011 when I was a student. Yeah. But I've had long patches on and off over the time because I've moved around quite a bit and was living in places where I wasn't really a circuit. But mm. I say I've been going properly since about 2018 when I moved to okay. London. Okay. Um, and obviously I had the, I wasn't really started from scratching because I had experience prior to mm. that. But the first time I was like, right, this is something I want to do. And actually properly booking gigs and do it as more just sort of a social drinking thing that it comes alongside. Um and actually, like, bother getting to know people um, was probably 2018. So, yeah, about th three years now. Mm. So, yeah, so since then, have you ever really had a chance to stop and drop anything apart from this during this time? During this time? Uh, apart from yes, during this time? But, yes, but that's been so bound up with other stuff as well. Like, I... As I say, I started in 2011 as a student, did it mm. just as my hobby I did at uni for three years, um, stopped for a year, and then I was going out for a while with somebody else who was a comic that had never mm. really made it, and there was a lot of, in, as, as ever in people's first sort of proper relationship, you take on the other person's views a bit, mm. and there was a lot of sort of their resentment at the circuit that I think I took on a bit. Mm. Um, so even though I wasn't really doing it that much, mm. it was something that was constantly kind of bubbling away. Um, often with kind of not very helpful thinking patterns about, oh, she's said this in 2009, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and once I, so even though I'd stopped, it was still there. But in a way, even though I was like doing, just before the pandemic, I was in a better place, because even though I was do, doing more gigs, and I was still kind of gigging and working a lot, um, I got to the point where I was past caring about those sort of things. Mm. So that felt almost like more of a break, because it a lot of the mental load that had come with it before mm. had started to go just through getting to know other new people and stuff like that and enjoying doing it more and being a bit better at it. So mm. that almost felt like more of a break, even though I was doing it all the time. So yeah, I've had physical breaks from performing, but I was always hanging around comics and new comics and had like mm. ideas about it. And there was a mix of sort of different frustrations that I had about not doing it or that like, other people would be like, oh, do you remember this person? They're a racist now and stuff like that. It was like, um, so it was always kind of there in a not very healthy way. But in fact, just doing it a lot and focused on my own stuff mm. felt more like a break because I wasn't surrounding myself with all that sort of stuff. That's, Sorry, that's, that's a very rambly answer. No, that's a that, great, dude, that's, that a, that dude, that's honestly, that's, that's a great answer. I mean, that's really open and honest. Like, what was yeah. it like standing, doing stand-up or starting stand-up? At university. I was at Cambridge, and so I did. I wasn't in the footlights, but I mm. did like stand up open mics that they put on, mm. um, and like open mic nights that the uni and colleges would put on. And it was really nice because it was a sort of small, supportive circuit, absolutely fine. Obviously, most people were pretty terrible because they was haven't been going that long. I was too. Did a few <laughs> gigs outside of it, sort of in Cambridgeshire, like in um, 
Norwegian places. Had friends and that was about it. I didn't really think economics. Most everyone else I knew that did it was students as well. Okay. So it didn't feel like the London circuit where that wasn't the norm. Mm. Um, literally everybody else was either a uni student there or I would go to Norwich and do UEA gigs a lot. Mm. Um, so everybody I knew doing it was my age anyway. So it just felt like a thing that I did. Um, but looking back now, I guess I was quite naive because obviously there was people that, I mean, I didn't know there was a circuit in any real way. Um, like I had no idea how people went on to be big from it. I had absolutely no idea how the process worked. I had no idea like there were competitions. Like I had no idea how people got signed. I had no idea like how to better yourself by writing all the time. It just didn't occur to me. Um, I just enjoyed getting up on stage and like doing my set and being funny. And like, I guess now there were people there that I started out with who were very cognizant of those things. Mm. Um, and even if they're sort of not doing brilliantly now, they were at a point where they were like thinking about those things and cognizant of them and entering stuff and thinking about how to improve their craft a lot. Mm. And I kind of, sometimes I wish I'd done that a bit earlier. Mm. Um, but, you know, we were all like, you can't have perfect ways of understanding things when you're 18, 19. That's true. Have you like taken, have you taken any of the habits you had then that were positive and like kept them going? Yeah, I have in some ways. Um, I, yeah, I have in some ways. I've, um, I, I've, I think I've tried to sort of get on with a range of different people. Um, yeah. and I've sort of had to, and I've been good at kind of, I've been good at kind of, forming little groups that are doing similar stuff or have similar points. I love how you, I love, I love how you just, you, you try, you said networking without saying the word network. Yeah. Without saying, well, <laughs> yeah, without saying networking, but like not, not networking. I'm a terrible networker, but finding yeah. like-minded people. Um, to, be fair, to be fair, networking is such a dirty word, is it? <laughs> it's horrible. Real. I know. And I'm, I'm really horrible at it as well. Um, mm. I think it's um, not networking, but I think it's like finding like-minded people quite, quite quickly identifying like-minded people. Mm. Um, has been a helpful thing and I can't really remember much about it at all to be honest I can't remember what habits I had I think trying to focus on what I think is funny to me mm. um, is a good thing to remember that was something I definitely did from the start because I didn't really know any better mm. that's but something yeah, but I don't I don't remember much much about it to be honest at that time it was so it feels like I mean it was probably only what eight nine years ago now but it feels like a long time that's a really important thing you just said there. Um, the making it funny, well, doing stuff that's funny to you and stuff that yeah. you want to pay to see. Yeah. Like I was reading that in Bennett Aaron's sitcom book that he released, that he released recently. Oh yeah. Where he said that you want to, if you're going to write a sitcom, you don't want to write what you think the producers are going to like or what the audience is going to like. You've got to write something that's going to be that's going to be funny to you. Do you think that a lot of people try? Well, not a lot of people, but do you think it's to a lot of people, to some people's detriment, that they will strive to, they, they will listen too much to what the audience says? Or... I think it's, I'm, I'm not brilliant at it either, so it's part mm. of my own detriment. I think you have to listen to what an audience says to an extent, because that's an arbiter of what's funny. Mm. You can't, you can't just purely go on what's funny to you, mm -hmm. if it isn't to anybody else, because that's not comedy. Agreed. But I think there's, the flip side of it is that Sometimes people, and I've been guilty of this as well in writing, try to look for a joke that will appeal to what they think is their their audience. Like there are a hundred like autism jokes I could do. I could probably do a hundred like eye contact jokes <laughs> and that sort of stuff. And I know they get laughs. 
but I feel cheap doing it mm. um, and I don't really like it. And so I've tried to move away from that stuff. And I don't think, I think it, it helps you to get to a point where you've got a really solid in character five, 10 minutes mm. really quickly. And that's something I wish I had. It took me years to even get to that point. But I think sometimes the comics who struggle to get over that hump are people who don't understand they need to write what's funny to them, not what's funny in accordance with their character, which are separate mm. things. Mm. Like you can write what's funny to you and it's in character. But if you're mm. writing what's funny in accordance with what people expect of a black guy or mm. in accordance with what people expect of an autistic person or a gay person, then you end up getting into territory a lot of other comics have covered quite quickly. So it's harder to develop, even though you're developing a character, there's a difference between a character and a unique voice, I think. And it's, it, that's sometimes where people fall a bit short. Hmm. Yeah, so it's all about just making sure that the stage persona is genuine to, well, genuine to you. Yeah, and also that it's a, it's a persona rather than just a character as well. Yeah. It's like there's, I think it's hard to redefine, but I think there's a difference between the two things. Oh, um, and it's yeah it's i mean i'm not very good at i'm not brilliant at writing in my persona anyway but it's definitely something i want i want to improve on i think everyone should what do you mean um, what do you mean you say you're not brilliant at writing i'm, I'm not brilliant at, well I'm, I'm i'm not brilliant at thinking like i think it might be an autistic thing to be honest i've never i'm not very good at understanding kind of what would the character of Harry on stage think about thing X or Y? Mm. Um, and I don't always find it easy to differentiate between what the person on stage would think about something and what I personally would think about something. Are they not the lines get a bit blurred in a way that I don't know if it's... I don't think it's me playing with character. I think it's me not being very good at that aspect of it. Mm. Do you not think, though, that the, that the person on stage and the person off stage can be kind of one and the same. They can be one and the same for a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that an interesting thing is I think it can be hard. Um, it's sometimes harder for comics that are part of a minority group or play into that in their work mm. to get to that point because it's it's like and even when you when you look at um, when you look at well-known comics and you look at oh what's their stage persona. You look at someone like, I don't know, Sarah Silverman, her persona is really obvious. You could define in five words um, what her stage persona is. But then Self there's Self-deprecating. Yeah, self-deprecating, caustic, um, feminist. But then you look at, you could look at, say, I don't know, you could look at Bill Burr and define what his persona is in five words. Mm. But also, there are a hundred other guys whose persona, and I'm not saying they're bad comics because they're not, they're really funny, but there's a hundred other guys whose persona is also white shouty guy because like, i've seen people like yeah and it's easy it. and what i'm saying is i think sometimes it's easier for your persona to solely be white shouty guy mm. and you don't need to do any further character work than that and then the two things become blurred to a much easier extent whereas i can't do white shouty guy because there's always those bits of persona that i have to have just to interact in normal life anyway mm. so it's I don't know, the two can be one of the same, but it's harder to tease out what's part of your day-to-day -day existence as a persona anyway. Because, mm. um, for example, someone like Sarah Silverman, she's spoken about, say, facing sexist abuse. And obviously in real life, she might have had to, you know, put on a front around 
people with sexist attitudes in a way a man wouldn't have to. And so I think it could be harder for those that are some sort of ism to mm. unpack what the threads are there in order to build a persona. And also audiences expect to see more of a persona because you come in and say, oh, hey, I'm black. Hey, I'm mm. gay. Hey, I'm female. There's, there's images and stereotypes and ideas that come along with that that mm. make it harder to play a more naturalistic character or for your character to just be me saying shit. Mm. which is a character that works really well for a lot of people, but I think it's harder to do if you're not kind of a straight, white, cisgendered guy. Not mm. that that's a negative thing, but I think me saying shit isn't a character, but a lot of, it's a lot of people's on-stage character for a specific reason. Guys, you made it through part one, so why don't you click up and go to part two for the rest of this conversation. See you there.